Welcome to another episode of the Supply Chain Ambassador Podcast. I am your host, Bruno, helping you navigate the world of supply chain in a fun and engaging way. On today's podcast, I wanted to learn more about one of the industries that supports our Canadian Navy by providing remote security and monitoring of other vessels, among other very interesting things, helping me to learn about technologies in boat security and monitoring. Please welcome Brandon Wright. Brandon is the founder and CEO of Barnacle Systems, the manufacturer of Barnacle Boat Security and Monitoring System. Brandon is a security subject matter expert after having previously developed remote surveillance and monitoring equipment to protect high value assets for the CIA, the US Air Force, and royal palaces in the Middle East while working for FLIR Maritime Thermal Imaging Systems. After Brandon's personal sailboat broke moorage in January of 2017 and landed on the beach without alerting him, he decided to create a solution that is now sold in over 40 countries around the world. Very interesting journey you've had. Can you share with us some more context about your journey to how you got to where you are right now? Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Bruno. I feel like I've lived a couple of lives by this point now. I grew up here on the west coast of Canada in a town called Comox, and I studied at the University of Victoria in electrical engineering. And for me, I remember hearing a couple of the other podcasts now where people's journeys took them on a little bit of a wild ride, where I remember hearing one individual wanting to become a police officer and that didn't quite work out. And then they became part of the materiel group. And so for me, I wanted to become a neurosurgeon. That was my dream was to, to be an electrical engineer first so I could understand circuits and resistance and all that kind of stuff, and then be able to apply that into neurosurgery and neuroscience. And uh, once I got into the electrical engineering program, I just really enjoyed it and got a really cool co-op job at a consulting firm here in Victoria and then ended up sticking with it. And as soon as I graduated, I essentially got shipped off to the Middle East immediately where I was developing life safety systems to help with perimeter detection of major U.S. Air Force bases and the borders of countries. I got to be a systems engineer developing mobile security systems that were essentially like tanks that had thermal cameras and radars that would pop out the back and they would be able to detect 30 kilometers in any direction any incoming threats and then communicate back to a main command and control center where soldiers or individuals could then assess the potential threat and then go and respond to it and it was really exciting the career escalated fairly quickly in that realm and I worked my way up to become a project manager over the course of about seven years and ended up managing projects along the Saudi-Yemen border, major bases, Air Force Base in Qatar or Qatar, depending on where in the world you are. And, and then I even got to do the King of Dubai's private island in Dubai, of course, and do perimeter security, underwater surveillance, overwater surveillance. It was really fascinating. And then that job got a 
little bit too dangerous for me where being a West Coast guy and in the background here, which in the audio version, you obviously can't hear or see, but I've got a surfboard in the background and I'm very much a West Coast surfer dude <laughs> at heart. And so doing work with the CIA and NSA and FBI and developing these perimeter security systems wasn't really what uh, I felt like I was meant to do. And I ended up leaving that job and had a kid. And now she's a wonderful seven-year-old. And I became a product manager developing remote sensing equipment for forest fire monitoring and flood detection. Mm -hmm. So it was funny when I left FLIR, where we were developing radars and thermal camera systems, all of a sudden I was back doing radars for flood detection and thermal camera systems to detect forest fires and help monitor and provide situational awareness for forest firefighters. So that was all great. And being a product manager, I got to manage a team of engineers and supply chain and operations and sales. And then, as you mentioned, in 2017, my personal sailboat broke moorage floated to shore and never told me. So this was really embarrassing for me because my entire career had been developing remote sensing, remote monitoring, remote security systems, and I couldn't even protect my own asset. Ended up starting Barnacle, and now I'm very proud to say that, like you mentioned, that uh, we're in over 40 countries around the world. We originally really focused on the recreational boating market, but I got sucked back into more military and defense, and now our systems are protecting uh, some Royal Canadian Navy vessels, uh, Canadian Coast Guard, Transport Canada. It's really been remarkable, and now we're starting to get into some U.S. federal vessels as well, too. So yeah, really proud of the journey and really excited to have built such a fun team to help along the way. I just love how you're just constantly being pulled back into security systems, no matter where, what avenue you take. It's Absolutely. Yeah. No, the world has a way of working with you or against you. I don't know, but I really enjoy every step of the way. That's for sure. What would you say you love about your work? I think the thing that I love the most about my work, especially as an entrepreneur, is being able to support the paychecks of the individuals that we have working at Barnacle. Like we've had one Barnacle baby now where one of our employees had a, had a kid and just knowing that they were using their paycheck to help build their family and grow and really be able to live their lives based on the success of the company has been by far the most rewarding thing. I've got employees, colleagues that are out on vacations and doing their thing, growing professionally and personally. And it's, I have the greatest pride around that by far out of anything. That's wonderful. It sounds like a very good, healthy culture over there at Barnacles. Uh, we're doing our best. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We, we do play the odd game of Mario Kart as well, too, if things get a little stressful. <laughs> so, <laughs> we got to maintain that startup kind of atmosphere at some level. <laughs> it works. What would you say are some common misconceptions about what you do? Yeah, so it was funny. If, I think it was a few days ago or maybe a couple of weeks ago, I was listening to the ADM Troy Cosby's episode where he was talking about having control over his calendar and how that's a very common misconception. And right when he said that, when I first started Barnacle, I thought that, oh, I'm going to be able to take Fridays off or go surfing whenever I want. And that has not been the case so far. We just celebrated our fifth birthday at Barnacle. And unfortunately, I can't say that I've taken many random days off just for the sake of it. I feel like in the future, <clears throat> excuse me, I'll probably be able to. At this point, I feel like I don't necessarily have as much control over my calendar as I thought that I would as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, I guess I probably still have a few more years to go before I can really be in control of that. But in the meantime, I'm just grateful that I don't have anything in my calendar that I'm not looking forward to at this point. Oh, 
Uh, that's that's great. And any challenges you've come across, and how are you overcoming your challenges that you're facing currently? Yeah. So one that is particularly relevant to especially this podcast is supply chain. So mm-hmm. holy cow. We, so we're a hardware manufacturer. We develop and design all of our own PCBs. We design all our own firmware, all our own software. Everything's done in-house mm-hmm. and then manufactured in Vancouver. For us, we have a 96% Canadian content value, which we're very proud of. And wow. uh, that was proven through ISED when they use the fine tooth comb through our bill of materials and all that. But all that aside, trying to find parts right now has been extremely difficult. And one thing that we've learned is just being good people and being nice and not being very aggressive with our suppliers, being flexible and just, I don't know, just taking care of each other. And what we've learned is by being a good human that some of our suppliers have been able to be flexible for us and help have some things fall off the side of their desk that may end up available to us all of a sudden, even though they have a 52 week lead time. So we've been, we've really, at one point we really struggled with it. And now we've found our rhythm where we've learned more about how to pay in advance or how, like what sort of terms we need to negotiate or how we can become a more favorable purchaser through different styles of negotiation and things like that. But at the end of the day though, like with supply chain and with anything in life, I've learned that being a good person and taking care of others has really helped us overcome some of these challenges, which I wouldn't have thought being able to get chips for something would be resolved by being a good human. But it's funny how good things come around when you're nice to the other people. Absolutely. We're always, I always think when I, negotiate with contracts or I speak with my clients it's I always think there are people at the end of that email so treat them with kindness and respect and you will get the same back exactly and it's so powerful especially when all of a sudden you meet them in real life and if you've been mean to them it's it'd be a very uncomfortable situation but if you've been a good person the whole way around then whether it's even your most hated supplier you're still gonna go up shake hands or high five or whatever and life is good yeah wow Can you share with us some of the exciting projects that you're currently working on? Absolutely. Yeah. There's two that I'd like to focus on. The first one being a new product that we launched a couple months ago called the Barnacle Black. Our first customers are actually the Royal Canadian Navy on that. And that's through the Innovative Solutions Canada program, which I know, Bruno, you're familiar with. But the Barnacle Black, what that is, it's like a black box or a flight recorder for small boats. Mm -hmm. So we can record all the vessel engine data, the environmental data, all your camera data, and then replay it back in a time-synchronized replay engine. So the use case for that, there's a few of them, but the one that I really get excited about is training. So imagine on you're going and you're doing a training exercise where you throw Oscar, the dummy overboard, and you want to go retrieve and do a man overboard event. You can see the exact moment that Oscar was thrown overboard. You can then see exactly when the throttle was pulled back, when the team maybe pulled the port, when they started communicating over the radio and replay all of that data and see with the video and see with all the engine data and vibration data and GPS data, see exactly how the maneuver was executed, how quickly they retrieved Oscar. Then they can replay all that and then learn from either their successes or their mistakes. Yeah. 
And then from a recreational perspective, we're going to launch this into the recreational market in the coming months, as well as Barnacle Blue. And this product is going to be used primarily for fishing. So imagine you've got a fish on, you hit the fish on button, and now all your cameras are recording. You can control your lights, you can control your music. So you could have music like Eye of the Tiger come on as soon as you hook onto a salmon or a whatever, a halibut out here on the West Coast and record all that footage and be able to relive it again in the future, share it on social media. But we've learned that there's a lot of use cases for it. So the Barnacle Black and Barnacle Blue are really excited about. But um, there's also another project that is more near and dear to my heart, and it's maybe not a huge revenue generator for us, but uh, we've we've innovated on our original Barnacle product where it's monitoring batteries and bilge pumps and things like that. And we've reinvented that for monitoring derelict boats along the west coast of Canada. And so we built a system called the Rapid Deploy that's helping the Canadian Coast Guard in their efforts to monitor boats that have been abandoned in some beautiful areas along our west coast that are at risk of sinking and damaging the environment. Mm -hmm. So with this product, we've been able to help the Coast Guard last year with our $10,000 product. We helped them save over $3 million by not having to fly a helicopter out and take a look at a 150-foot vessel that had 30,000 liters of fuel on board. So instead of them having to get eyes on the boat, they were able to put our system on board and remotely monitor the health of that boat, understand if it was starting to drag anchor, understand if it's beginning to sink. If there's water coming on board, they could see with float switches that uh, water might be rising. So that system is something that I'm really proud of and uh, being able to help protect our coastlines is uh, is something that came out of more necessity that I wasn't expecting. Th- those are two projects though, the Barnacle Black and the Rapid Deploy are, are two projects that I'm really excited about right now. Very exciting projects indeed. I can already hear my fishing buddies just uh, <laughs> getting very excited hearing about solutions there. But uh, And the fact that you get to help the environment as well as a Canadian, that makes me very proud to, to have such very capable and vibrant solutions available. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate it. What advice would you give to our listeners? Yeah, so the advice that I actually received from my uncle when I was starting the Barnacle Systems was to build a network. And I thought that this was just build a group of friends or build a group of whatever. But now, as I've been in the business for five years, I've really learned that it is building a network of peers that are entrepreneurs or CEOs that are in the similar type of situation that I'm in. And whether you're, say, in procurement or in in whatever it may be, finding that network of peers that are doing the same type of work as you and uh, really supporting each other, where for me, I need to make sure that I've got my three buckets full, which the three buckets are my personal bucket, my family bucket, and my business bucket, where that's my zero to 10 rating of how I feel as a, as Brandon, or how I feel as a family man, as a husband, and how I feel as a business owner. And if any one of those buckets starts to go down, then understanding what I need to do to fix it, because likely if my business bucket went down, I'd probably not be as great of a husband or as great to my own personal health. So that, that would be my greatest advice is to build that network, build that support network of peers that are at a similar level, maybe more advanced and a few that are maybe below where you're currently at and be there to support each other. Okay. Wow. There was a quote I seen somewhere. It's something along the lines of you become the five people you spend your most time with, or you're shaped by the five people you spend your most time it may not be five it may be a bit more or less but you really are influenced by those you spend your time around 
Absolutely. No, it's so true. And I'm much more selective of my time now as well. And it really is based off of that quote that you're referring to as well. I remember seeing that and it was, it's quite impactful. And so I've, it's not that I've necessarily left anyone in the dust or anything like that. It's that between spending time with my family and spending time for myself and spending time in the business, it's really important to surround myself with people that are encouraging me and pumping me up and not everyone's an entrepreneur. Like I have some of the greatest camping trips with my pals that are not entrepreneurs and we can just BS with each other, go surfing, laugh and scream and just be idiots. (laughs) (laughs) That just fills my personal bucket better than any entrepreneur might be able to. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Care to share a call to action to our listeners? Yeah. The call to action I would have is just try and try and be a good person and try and do it in a way that might impact someone else's life where I had a new year's resolution a couple of years ago where I've committed to trying to be the first customer of anyone's new business. Mm-hmm. So if I see a pal that's made a new hot sauce business, I want to be the first person to buy one of everything that they're offering. Because when I started Barnacle, I remember my first customer. They're based in Vancouver. I know what they do. I know their name. I know a lot about them just because it was so impactful to me. And I remember the moment when they said, yeah, I'll take one. And I was like, oh, like right now you'll buy one. And I was, <laughs> I've actually got a customer now. I want to be able to, to bring that feeling to someone else. And I think that would be a great challenge to those out there that if you do see someone starting a business, do what you can to be their first customer because it, it does make a difference on their lives and they will remember you. I promise you that. And in doing so, you are filling their buckets of joy. Exactly. You got it. (laughs) I will leave today's podcast with the quote of the day, which says, your mind is a ship. It can sail across the universe as long as you don't allow negative thoughts to sink in. And I think that's quite appropriate for the same thing with a good business and just a good human being, being positive and being respectful And we talked about being just that great human being and that has positive impacts throughout all aspects of your life. Absolutely. I appreciate that quote and I can certainly live by that as well too. (laughs) Thank you, Brandon. It's been a joy to have you on the show. And uh, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge, your expertise, and just some of your great stories. So I really appreciate you coming, stopping by. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Bruno. (laughs) 